0: Money web now on the money. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. I'm chatting with Philip Bradford, he's Portfolio Metrics Head of Investments. Philip, appreciate the time today. You're bringing later in the week an active income ETF to market. Current gross yields around 11.8%. We're kind of in the golden era of income funds in South Africa. I mean, we're getting equity-like return without the equity risk.
1: Exactly, Simon. I mean, you know, longer-dated government bonds today are yielding over inflation plus seven, actually. So, sadly enough, I think one of our best exports from an investment perspective (laughs) for many years have been bond returns.
0: And, you know, folks are going to say, hang on, we're hoping for prime rates to be coming lower this year, but there's not a direct link necessarily between prime and bonds or bond yields. And certainly there's also the rule, you know, yield down, price up. There's two ways we can make money in a bond environment.
1: Exactly. You get two major types of bonds that we look at. Fixed rate bonds, where you invest in a fixed rate like a fixed deposit, mm-hmm. and variable or floating rate bonds, which where the yield of the bond moves up and down with the prevailing interest rates. And most of the corporate bonds in your market that typically your income funds would purchase for investors are floating rate bonds. Most of your government type bonds are fixed rate bonds. And really, at the top of the interest rate cycle, as we're suggesting right now, you want to be moving more in to fixed rate bonds, it's not particularly complicated, but you want to be locking your interest rates at higher levels. And at levels, literally, you know, many of the bonds still over 12%. It really is a good opportunity for investors who are not particularly don't want to take on too much risk, but still want to try and get a double digit return.
0: And one of the things, I mean, we have got an active bond market locally. In fact, we've got quite a large bond market, but it's not really designed for the sort of private client. I mean, it's, it's not just the complexity, it's the range, it's the size of transactions, and hence an ETF like this works well because it takes that complexity out of my hands.
1: Yes, and you know even in the normal government bond market, and that makes up the large majority of the SA bond market. And from a market cap or a size perspective, mm. even then, you know you're really you're playing with big boys and girls. You know yeah. you, you're dealing in big volumes. You can buy those, but most of the interesting bonds, which tend to be a lot of the corporate and floating rate bonds issued by the banks and the large corporates, those you can't really get your hands on. Your big pension funds, your asset managers, your life companies buy those when they get issued in the primary market, and then they don't really trade too often in the Mm. secondary market. So for an individual investor like myself even, I need to access them through a fund-type vehicle. And that's where something like an ETF is really a great vehicle for investors to access a lot of these nice high-yielding bonds that are issued by good, solid companies like the major banks. And then you're able to hold those in your pension fund, in your retirement annuity, or even in your personal capacity now.
0: And you mentioned banks, I mean, because of course, you know, government bonds, I mean, we understand the risk of default of government bonds. A lot of folks will say, hang on, but if we're stepping down into corporate bonds, there's risk, I mean, that risk is managed. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, you're not going to go and do, you know, I don't know, Simon's super saver store and take my bonds, you manage those returns by, you know, the credit risk.
1: Yes, exactly. And we try and focus on, and we have done historically because we've run a similar mandates or identical mandates mm. in this space now for nearly a decade. And we try and stick with the rule of too big and too important to fail. You know, when you're buying a bond, you're lending your money to someone else and you want to make sure they can repay it. The second thing is liquidity. And the liquidity is seriously a function of how good the borrower is. So yeah. the major banks, the insurance companies, Outside of government, we actually don't look outside of that, to be honest, because the liquidity starts drying up quite quickly. And the same could be said of listed companies' shares on the JSC. You know, you want to stick with companies that you can buy and sell, and those tend to be the better companies as well. So the bonds that are available to us and that we get access to, we try and stick to the banks predominantly and then some of the insurance companies too.
0: You've managed the same within a unit trust, as you mentioned. How's that performed? Because I understand it is exactly the same mandate.
1: We've done very, very nicely over the years, partly a function of guess what? Bonds and interest-bearing instruments have just done steadily well even through tough times. You know, if we go back to 2015, the portfolio's averaged just under 10% a year, which in itself is a nice return, but over the same time, you know, cash has only given you six and a bit and mm-hmm. the stock market's done worse. So it's really, a, at the end of the day, I like to say bonds are a bit like a fruit tree, where equities are like a forest tree, really. And it's, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's about the fruit you get off the tree with a bond. So, you know, if you tend to to buy a bond that's got a yield of around 10 percent guess what over the period your return is going to be close to 10 percent so on average we've been between sort of nine to 10 percent a year over periods there's a bit of capital volatility but it's, it's nothing like you what you get out of the equity market
0: yeah absolutely so listing wednesday portfolio metrics active income prescient am etf that's actively managed etf uh, have you got a code and a target total expense ratio
1: so the total expense is just over half a percent. I think with the Manco cost, it's 0.58%, which actually is the same as your, your unit trust type funds mm-hmm. as well. Here INC is the code. It's really just a vehicle that allows investors who want a nice high level of income to, to get debt via their stockbroking account without having to, to buy shares, high dividend pay in shares or property stocks to try and get that income.
0: 100%, we'll leave that there. That is Philip Bradford, Portfolio Metrics Head of Investments. Appreciate the time.